Welcome to Reckless, Reckless Speculation, starring Robbie Davis, Brandon Chains, and Raj. I'm always late, Meta. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Robbie, you know what? I just finished up a show with Coach Tyler Van of the Sylvania Rams. His team is reporting July the 15th. It's almost football season. Oh, yeah. It will be here before you know it. And you know what that means. Uh, the fantasy draft is just a little over 60 days away, um, which we will see. Hopefully we can do some kind of special at the draft, but we've got to get our editing team. We're going to need a whole lot of editors. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I shot footage last year, and I couldn't use any of it. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be There's a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what are people's appetites for a bunch of bleeps and then maybe a um here and there? Right. Yeah. No, I'm excited about it. That's going to be, uh, you know, one of the greatest days of the year for sure. We always look forward to it, and – uh, I always love to see how Robbie's team falls to demise after the draft. So it's, it's well, what's fun. funny Robbie, is like a question that begs to be asked. Do you have a strategy coming into the draft or do you drunkenly make it on the front porch as you start your draft? Well, I always have a strategy. Um, it's always, you know, a little out there. Um, I think my, I think, I think what gets me every year is, I, I'm like, I, I think half of our league is dead throughout our group text all year round. I'm like, half of them have died. And then and then they call, they're all, they all just show up and they catch me by surprise. And I'm more distracted about that than I am on the draft. All right. <laughs> Brandon, can you report that Alan's fine? I mean, you work with him, don't you? I mean, he's good. He's uh, not much of a texter. You know, so. tell him once a month just to log into the text conversation and go, hey, Robbie, you're an idiot, or Randall, you're an idiot, or whatever, and then just log back out. Right, right. I think, uh, as of most of us do, he's got it on silent mode because the texts that come through the day when you're trying to work is uh, it's quite a lot. So. What's the most you've ever had? When you opened it up and you went, holy. You just say try to work. You were playing golf all day. No, yeah, I, was going, I wasn't going to call on that. I didn't tee off till five. That was after work hours. Um, the most, well, I'm, see, I'm in a, like four different threads, just like our thread. So the most I've ever had has probably been 246. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. I looked down That's... and I was like, I don't even have time to read all these. So, uh because there is multiple threads to this thread text. I have the main one, then I have one for the show. And then I have one that kind of jumps in and out with me and Robbie. And then I've got a couple that's other, you know, like the Chattanooga people. Yeah, I've, I've got some Franklin County buddies uh, and then the Grove Golf Group here. I, and Sadly, I read every single one of those texts. You do. <laughs> every, you do. What that says about me. I read everyone, and I almost reply to every one of them. <laughs> I'll wait, and then I'll send 12 hours of replies in one spring. You reply. do, and that's what, when buzzing just starts. It's just like, 
and I have to silence the, the that's the operative word sorry is buzzed for me when I first moved here and texting got big you know being the California liberal it used to be a bit you know back and forth back and forth then Trump was president and I had some buddies on a thread out here that just enjoyed messing with me and everything was so contentious at the time and during that election uh I would just play along and then finally I just got burned out because I like you guys have about five or six of those threads one of them is Chattanooga buddies and they know I hate it I swear so they just mess like constantly with like three or four of us I mean literally there's like I have over a thousand unread texts it's pretty insane and that's probably just this month but yeah well, I, I can tell you I know every time Rods drinks heavily I can tell when Brandon gets off work. I can tell when Robbie's in a mediation or at a trial. And you all know every single time I have a bowel movement in the nation, because <laughs> it'll be like 20 minutes of non-texting, and then I'm gone for 10 hours. <laughs> hey, hey Robbie, true. Robbie, are, will, will we see the Robbie Davis zero running back strategy are we going to see the same one, or are we going to see it slightly altered? So, I do think it was a good strategy. It didn't quite work. But it it didn't work on the dam. Um, you, you will see some variation of a similar strategy. <laughs> God. Has anyone... Anyone bought a fantasy football magazine or did a mock draft? Work? No. I don't need those stupid people telling me what they tell everyone else. I got my own strategy. <laughs> Actually, Rob, you should develop your own magazine and then everybody would do the opposite and like totally yeah. win their leagues. That, that like fantasy football draft cliff notes for dummies. Yeah. Like what was what was like the uh the idiot's guide to like hiking or something like that. The idiot's guide yeah. to uh, fantasy football <laughs> drafting. Well, that would work. Our friend Clipper Clay right now is sitting at uh, Bonnaroo. He is oh. the only one that ever brought a computerized iPad app oh, to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he did he finish like last or next to last that year. I don't he know. He the but bottom three for sure. He was getting dogged on relentlessly and rightfully so. Uh, just we'll before see. we go into our actual show, can anybody make it? Go ahead, Robbie. I was going to say, all those magazines, all these lists, they don't account for the wild card that is live, drunken, darn near blackout drunk drafting and those decision makings where it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll take one person will take five quarterbacks or no running backs. Or all of a sudden you walk up and you have to take mandatory wide receiver round. It yeah. doesn't take into account all these things. You can't set a mock draft for the type of draft that we have because it's just no. completely obsolete. No, I have said, I've been in this league a decade and I do not drink. And I have said that my biggest handicap is the fact that I do not drink. I, I think sober drafting <laughs> is make Indeed. it impossible. I think you if, outthink yourself. Right? If you overthink, yeah. I mean, it can be. But then again, I usually have, like, guys I want or like going into it. And then after drinking, it becomes even more uh, tunnel vision for me. Tunnel vision? 
You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So there's two sides to that coin. Yeah. Well, well, and didn't you hear for the first four hours, every pick's the worst pick imaginable? Yes. <laughs> it could be the number one pick, the number one rated player. What a horrible pick. What are you thinking? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do a different strategy this year. I think I'm going to bring a cot and actually take a nap during picks. Because if you're like pick one or two, you're not picking for another four hours. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's it's it is. Uh, it also depends. I, I, th- on where I think draft this year too. So we'll see if we're uh, trying to do the boat again. We're gonna have a time. Uh, have, have, Commissioner, have we picked a uh, spot yet, or is it still up to league debate? I will let you guys know thirty days in advance. All right, you heard it here. You have to let me know thirty-one days in advance per our agreement. What happened? I'm I'm in charge. I have a supervisor supervisor that has veto power over my what a debacle this is going to (laughs) be. This is the greatest thing to ever happen to this league. Oh yes. my God! No, we've seen this once. This show once. And there won't be any. Uh, it worked out well for me. Will there be any drafting of a certain player, a certain round? No, none of that. Great. Okay, then I'm good. There's nothing Robbie can do that would bother me. I hate that crap. Everything he does bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're the next commissioner. You sound like because... Allison. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, we, we have. We had rearranging closet uh, day at the Davis household. It was uh, very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's the worst. You know, I started drinking at 1230. You can't throw that away. I love that hat from Minnesota I got in 1998. <laughs> Don't you dare touch that hat. It's got a duck on it. <laughs> that's our house like every time. I won the league in that shirt 14 years ago. Robbie, do you remember what shirt you drafted in last time you won the league? (laughs) In 24 (laughs) – wait, no, it would have been 20 – or 2004 or 5. No, I – I think it was a Power Rangers shirt. (laughs) Isn't that (laughs) – that Chaps shirt, your sweet cross-colors Chaps shirt? That was probably around back then. Could have been Tommy Hilfiger. Y'all didn't like my prediction that that, that Eddie Bauer, uh, who was it I picked, was going to win the league. G offered somebody, and uh, and 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 Robbie was cursed and sold his soul. To, to I, I still think I I crack myself up sometimes, but we got to move on. We got a show to do. This is oh, reckless speculation, and let's start with. Hey, I, I'm going to hate this. I'm not sure I'm not going to mute it and not even think about it. Tennessee goes down in the Super Regionals after a great season. I am surprised. No, I'm not surprised. I'm shocked by how much negative reaction to the Tennessee baseball team that has came out since they lost. It was like the next morning my timeline was full of They'll never win one while they act this way. They'll never do. They'll never do that. This team has been one game from the College World Series this year, in the College World Series last year. But it was a great year. 
that turned out bad. Robbie, I think you said it best on the text. Great year, not great results at the end. Yeah, I mean, this was the – I mean, the, the easy parallel is the Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield basketball year. Like, number one for majority of the year – um, this team was a little more cocky than that team, but yeah, I mean, look, man, it's hard to win championship. It is. It's, and especially in, you know, best out of three, one and dones, it's hard. And sometimes the better team doesn't win. And you know what? The number one seed hasn't won since what did we say 99. Like there's a reason why this tournament's so hard to win. Not getting to Omaha is a disappointment. But, look, you know, this is a program that's building, that's on the rise, two-time coach of the year. They're redoing the stadium. It's going to be extremely nice. And all things are bright. But, yeah, when it, but on the downside of that, when you're there and in that spot, it's nice to get one. Um, you don't know how many times it's going to be there again. But – Great season, bad results. Still trying to win the last game. Are you guys serious that you don't understand why people are excited they lost and why people don't like Tennessee baseball? No, I'm oh, not. You know, they, they were arrogant. They were. I mean, they were. So, I think actually. Hold on. Hold on. Let me clean it up for you so you can say it. I'm not surprised people were glad they lost. But Tennessee swagger is no greater than many other teams that I've watched that my blowback was like on the level of death threats against Drew Gilbert and how glad they were. And Tony Vandelli don't need to be in college coaching. And it's like a year's worth of hate and venom build up. Did Tennessee do some stuff? Yeah. But is it, is it any worse than other things or am I just wearing a home rise? You're wearing Homer eyes. Now, you said earlier in the year that this they're good for baseball, that this is different this year. Uh, I disagreed with you to an extent. I still don't think nationally it was a big deal, but I loved them. They were good for baseball. They were the team you love to hate. They were good. Now, the, the whole swagger thing, I mean, personally, I think you have to, like, get to that level first before you can act like you've won 10 rings. Um, there was just – you know, they've – there was sort of a me against the world attitude and the fans took on the same thing. Uh, the one Beck kid, he was a piece of work uh, flipping the bird off. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw that slide. I'm sure you did against Georgia tech or no, against Notre Dame in the one game they won where he just waltzes around the catcher and goes back, lays on his stomach and touches home plate with one finger. Um, you know, coaches getting ejected, bumping. And again, I thought it was good for the game. It's just they were arrogant and overconfident. You know, they were cocky. And there's a difference between being confident and, and cocky. Um, but, again, they had number one offense in baseball, in college baseball, the number one pitching staff, 55-7. and seven, They were the best team in the country. But, yeah, Schadenfreude and other schools, especially in the South, they're going to love it when – a rival loses, and yeah, there's been a lot of excitement in these other states. I wasn't prepared for the level of hate. I was prepared for the excitement, but the level of hate actually 
swung me a little bit. But now, have any, have, has, Shane, have you seen the Savannah Bananas and, and, and some of the stuff they do? I mean, I know it's minor league baseball, but did it rub you the wrong way? No, not at all. I mean, you know, to Roger's point, he just laid out the stats. They were the number one pitching and number one college offense in baseball. Um, so, yeah, that comes with a little bit of target on your back. You got to be a little bit overconfident, I think, at some point. Um, and they were. But let, let's be honest. It's not – when you get in these tournaments, if you're a baseball fan of any kind, it's not the best team that always wins. It's the hot team. And, that's true. You know, that's what happened. Um, that, you know, that's they battled happened. well. And it just – you know, you catch a three-game slide like that – some teams' bats get hot and yours don't. I mean, that's what happens. You go home. And um, it, that's what makes, you know, these tournaments in baseball so hard to win. And still, I mean, full credit to, to that staff, uh, coaching staff, players. I mean, statistically and, you know, visually, they were the best team in college baseball. Uh, we Briefly, I, we talked about it. They got pushed towards the end of the year more than they had all year. And you have to wonder if the staff, if the team wasn't used to that. Notre Dame, we talked about in the regionals, they used three pitchers. They were ready to go, and they were hot. So mm -hmm. it was kind of a buzzsaw in many respects. But, yeah, I mean, Tennessee had to use almost everybody. And even though they were the best team, this chain, and you guys have all said, you know, it, it's hard to keep that up all year. You're going to run into someone hotter. Well, and you're getting, you're getting a target well, on your back, and you've got everyone's oh, yeah. best shot. You know, Big everyone's time. best shot every time you play. So um, it, it's hard well, to get Dame, these kids geared up for that that consecutively that many times. So. I agree. Yeah, the Notre Dame coach said great at the end of the, end of the series. He's like, they were the best team in baseball all year. Mm -hmm. We just knew we had to win two games. And it was that throw every – like, hey, we're only using three pitchers. We're going for it. We're, we're, who, who knows what happens next? But we've got nothing to lose right now. Yeah, got to get through that, this. Like, everything you got. Should we've that be a best out of seven, the way they changed the NBA when the eight-seed Nuggets beat the Sonics? You play all year. Should that be a best out of seven at home versus that? That's a lot to ask of the kids, though, in, in this, this season, I think. But I, I think it should when you get that competitive. But and I mean, if that's the number a lot one, to ask. Well, like Rob said, the number one seed rarely wins. I mean, I think you should reward a team, especially one that went 55 and seven. You got to make it very tough to beat them, not necessarily easier to beat them. I agree. That, that's a great point, Raj. When you, when you posed that question, I was like, I'm not going to be prisoner of the moment. No, Tennessee, my team lost, shouldn't change the rules. But when you do say, hey, if a team hasn't won it, in this century that's been the best team all year, then maybe there is something flawed with that. But do, do, do we think the Braves last year winning the World Series was maybe the fourth or fifth best major league team at the time? Not when they were hot and Rosario know, but 700. From, but yeah, yeah, I mean, healthy, they were not nearly the best team of, of – you know, there were a lot of – few teams that were better. But when they're hot – you know, yeah, they're playing like they the best team. They, they were definitely top five. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah. They just yeah. they caught fire. And, I mean, you just couldn't, couldn't put them out. 
let's that leads into uh by the way congratulations as a ut grad i'm very proud of our baseball team also i'd like to tell everybody that's throwing shade at me there's a post on river city media that shows your winning percentages in the sec across all supports it's not even close how much tennessee is just wiping everybody out tennessee's the only program that's in the 600 winning percentages for all sports right now so we we get been around football too much in this conference. I'm I'm a, as a guy who loves all sports, we we put too much emphasis on whether your program is good or not through one sport. And I just, just don't like that sometimes. They're but gonna get go. theirs. Who doesn't want to play for Patello? Kids see this, they got swag. They're gonna get theirs. It's just a question yeah, of when and how many. Yep. Let's talk about the Braves real fast. They lose Albies last night. Broken foot, hit 60-day uh, DL. Uh, we, we have Rosario on the DL, who it was last year's World Series MVP. You still have Soroka, has not pitched uh, yet this year. You have Acuna finally back. Uh, I will say as a Braves fan, they're being very conservative with Acuna's playing time. Uh, they've kind of let him go the last two or three weeks. Uh, but, but Rod, at the same time, this team was over double digits down two weeks ago, and now they're five down to the Mets. They've won 12 in a row, and they look like they're catching fire. And a lot of it has to do with a couple of pitchers that I don't know at the beginning of the season we didn't know was going to be as good as they are. Yeah, I mean – First, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. I think they've won 13 in a row. They have played three last-place teams, a third-place team, and a fourth-place team. Not one of them was over 500. Uh, they were Arizona, Colorado, Oakland, Pitt, and Washington. Again, you can only play those teams in front of you. The difference, though, is the Braves in this month it, – it, it's baseball. Like we just said, it can get you can get hot. The whole lineup started hitting. All 12 position players that have played for the Braves in June have hit a home run after Arcia's home run the other night. They went from one of the highest strikeout, actually the highest strikeout rate in baseball on uh, offense to one of the lowest ones. Uh, they were led to baseball in swing rate and outside the zone swing rate. They just flipped it and they aren't relying on guys from last year, but it is June, and nobody wins rings in June. So I think everyone knows this team is going to be right there. But, you know, do you want to win 13 now or in October? Good point. Robbie, have you uh, been able to catch much of the Braves' activity? And it's, is, the, is it clean for you now? I, I made a couple of adjustments to see if I can get the sound cleaner for you. Um, there's a little hiccup, but I'll be okay. Um, yeah, no, well, I was at the game Sunday, um, before Albies got hurt. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, this is a team that looking, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously you don't want one of your best players to get hurt, but this is what happened last year. This team is, you know, they're used to this, or at least they have done it before. So, um, it's not going to be, you know, a locker room that collapses, 
The whole division's pretty hot though. Six and four, ten and oh, eight and two, six and four. Um, and then I don't know what the hell's happened to the Nationals, but um Wasting but yeah, I mean I think the Braves are in a good What's that? I said the Nationals are wasting the best player in baseball. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, the Braves are right there. And, it, yeah, like like Raj said, it's the middle of June. Like nothing – you don't want to overreact. But um, they're in good shape to defend their title. And, I mean, they've got some bats. I mean, they, I, the, the, this was probably the first baseball game I've seen, I pro, I'm guessing, three years, COVID and all that. But the every every run the Braves scored was a home run, and um, it to me I don't like the home run strikeout philosophy. I'd prefer base runners, stolen bases, moving the the, the ball. But um, I guess it's exciting for the fans. But um, it was good. Um, Truist Park was fun, but it was a good time. And then. But overall, yeah, I mean, the Braves are in good position. This is what you want. They're in the wild card right now, and they'll probably catch the Mets, you know, end of July. Hey, Brendan, uh, as a casual baseball fan, I think the one thing that's captured baseball over the last couple of years is everybody looks forward. And I think we'll get it again this year to that Dodgers-Braves playoff series. It has really become one of the better rivalries in sports. Yeah, no, we we definitely tune in here uh, for that. That's a, that's a good series for sure. Um, it, you know, the, the Braves are they're catching fire, but they're I think they're riding the wave right now. And like to Robbie's point, they're going to face injuries. They're going to have this, and they faced adversity before. Uh, now their front office is super smart and. They made some great trades last year to pick up for that, uh, for those losses and injuries. Um, I'll look for them to do that again this year uh, if need be. I think be. so. And I think they're, they're in prime position. Uh, I don't think you need to over or underreact on them right now. Well Rob, said. Rob, I want to ask you a couple of questions um, about a couple of players. And it's our – in-house baseball expert and uh, Robbie, I'm going to hit you again with a couple of things, but um, the beginning of the year, everything was about the Freeman for Olsen and Freeman's played. Okay. in LA uh, he's not on fire. Uh, Olsen hitting about 250, but his power numbers have been really good of late. Is this true? Is this move still not, it just don't feel like we've got the full vision of it through a, a quarter of the season. No, and, you know, three weeks ago, Freeman was hitting over 300 and Olsen was hitting near like 220. It, I don't know why, but inevitably they're going to be compared with each other. Forever. Uh, well, I do know why. Probably mm-hmm. forever just because of how iconic Freeman was in Atlanta. Um, another thing, Freeman's defense has not been nearly as good as it was in Atlanta. Now he's playing with new people. You got to give him a break, different field, but that's been a bummer. He is, however, a God in LA. Uh, he's a mobilizing force. They love him in the locker room. So yeah, I, I mean, who, who would you rather have? I would take Freddie Freeman all day, but 
another thing about the Braves, uh, you know, everybody started hitting their bullpen has, they're not even using the guys that got them to the world series. They, they are so deep with that roster and that GM Anthopolis uh, and, you know, just calling up Michael Harris second, who's younger than Franco Wander Franco by six days. He looks sensational. Obviously a huge defensive plus over uh, Duvall out there. And it moves Duvall over to left because Ozuna has a noodle arm. And, uh, you know, that's another guy who's back. Ozuna's back. And I'm not a fan of his. Say what you will about him. It doesn't matter. But, you know, they kind of like whatever they lost last year, they've sort of re-injected. They reloaded from within. So to answer your question originally, oh, by the way, please take Kimbrel back. I hate that guy. Um, yeah, they're going to be tied together, but the same token in the playoffs if Olsen starts hitting dongs, you know, like Atlanta is going to go nuts over him. And by the way, we are in Atlanta starting the 24th, nine days. I'll be at all three. Uh, they even moved the Sunday game to Sunday night baseball, which is nice. It won't be 138 degrees, just 100. Nice. The thing about Olsen, uh, he's hitting 240, struggled with strikeouts, but he has 24 doubles. He's on a pace to hit 70 doubles. I think you, you're you're seeing what, you know, and, and Freddie will be hitting 320 before the end of the year, but Robbie uh, and Raj and, and everybody, uh, in 2017, the Braves drafted Kyle Wright with a fifth overall pick. Kyle Wright was as valued as any pitcher coming out um, from the SEC that year, front end of a Vandy team that made the College World Series. He was two and nine with a plus five ERA coming into the year. He sets today 12 starts, seven and three, 2.5 ERA, a strikeout per inning pitched. What can cause an athlete at 26 years old that has had a struggle as a professional athlete to not just catch on fire, but be elite again, Robbie? Is is it just that maybe he I picked up a new pitch, but I think it's mental. I think it's feeling like he belongs. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think there's a lot of things. There's a lot like of all the sports, I think baseball's the easiest to hide, right? So while you can get more confidence and you can, whether it's down in the minor leagues or perfect your craft, like, and, and also it's a lesson in patience, man. If you believe in someone to make them a high draft pick, give them time and give them resources to develop and and do their thing because whatever talents you saw in them, it may come out, but just don't give up on them so quickly. We see this, I mean, to parallel the NBA where it's, oh, it's bust after bust after bust. Well, maybe if there was some kind of my uh, legit minor league system or something, let them play and let them kind of gain traction. Um, you wouldn't see this anymore. And, and then to just briefly touch on the Freeman versus Olsen, you know, debate. Um, I think this is ultimately going to boil down to a late season kind yeah. of how things shake out. Cause it's going to be that locker room when things get stressful, 
Right now, it's just, hey, we're playing. We're be- playing baseball. See what happens. When it gets stressful, and let's see how the locker rooms go. And ultimately, probably the playoff matchup. And that's going to be really interesting. That is. Uh, I, I think you're on the mark. I don't think we'll shake out until August, September. Hey, Brandon, I want to I want to compare Kyle Wright. And, Rod, you'll let you finish this up, and we'll get on the NBA Finals. I want to compare Kyle Wright's career path to Ryan Tannehill a little bit. Uh, both high picks in their sport, both much valued coming into the leagues. Um, Tannehill in Miami, I think, was bad coaching in a way. Uh, right, didn't change, but it seems like both guys, four or five years into their career, something clicked. Uh, does that yeah. make sense to you? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it is mental at that point. I mean, the talent's there. Obviously, you're you're drafted for a reason. Um, I think it's situational with, with you know, obviously football, you got to be in the right offense that, that suits your strengths. Um, and then baseball, uh, kind of the same thing, the right locker room, the right guys around you, and just being confident in yourself. Uh, it, it's a big mental mental game. I compare it a lot to golf. Um, you know, being kind of a solo guy on the team out there, it's uh, – it's a lot of mental back and forth, um, especially on, on a pitching man. Uh, Absolutely. So uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough mental battle, and you know, coming in young and, and cocky uh, sometimes doesn't bode well. But uh, now he's 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 starting to catch fire and believe in himself, and you know that's what you want to see out of your prospects. All right, Swami. I know you're going to have some kind of number to throw at us. I, I was going to throw before we got to you. He did add a curveball to his repertoire. But what does the Swami say? Is Kyle Wright real? Will we still be talking about him in September? I think so. I mean, I always think of a guy who I was fortunate enough to meet at a charity event, Dick Mountain, what, is, what we call him, Rich Hill. He's 41 now, and he was on the Long Island Ducks going through like 38 teams. Sometimes you pick up a pitch. Sometimes you simplify things. And when you do pick up a pitch, you're probably throwing less of uh, something that you would get tagged before. Um, He's figured it out. And the Braves coaching staff and pitching coach uh, Kranitz, they're obviously amazing. Uh, With Rich Hill, you know, he changed, you know, a lot more tunneling, you know, where basically is when two pitches, if you overlay them, they start out looking the same, and then the bottom foul falls out of one. Uh, but really, the number one thing was spin rate. Uh, when you can change those things, and, and you can control better timing and spin rate, and some of that stuff you get as you age. I mean, look at Greg Maddox. Yeah. He was phenomenal. And again, he's one of the best pitchers in the history of the game. So I'm not comparing the two. But, you know, with age, you kind of figure things out, it seems. Um, you know, maybe his body sort of settles into something. But those pitches, you know, he's been looking good. And he used to get tagged, and he used to throw his fastball a lot. And it didn't have any – I mean, you can be the fastest pitcher ever. But if it ball doesn't move, then major league hitters are going to tattoo it. So uh, I'm happy for him. And, and I think it's coaching, and I think this is the beauty of baseball. Just like uh, Dick Mountain, man, he uh, – he became uh, an all-star pitcher after like 36. So uh, anything's possible. I was just, 
Yeah, I was just looking at the baseball records today, and man, it's looking like Major League Baseball is getting more and more like college football than, say, the NFL. And what I mean by that is there's only a handful of teams that can win it at the beginning of the year, and there's a lot of teams that just have no chance. Were the Braves one of those teams last year? At the same token, I think Atlanta's going to – usually the buyers, like the Dodgers, big market teams, clean up at the deadline. But, you know, Atlanta kind of showed – I mean, they were a talented team. Don't get me wrong. Whenever you have Albies, Freeman, and Acuna, you're in, in anything. But, you know, they showed three or four or five underrated. They barely gave up anything acquisitions, and they became I mean, the Atlanta's best team in baseball. I mean, for – Ever. Well, like, Tampa's been, you yeah, know, Tampa's looking, a tiny market team. They've, they've been right there multiple years. The Dodgers beat them for their World Series. But I understand your point. You know, Minnesota, the Twins, yeah. they had to go out and I'm not show saying, money I'm not for saying Korea. It's, yeah, exactly parallel. I'm just saying it just feels like that it's way. The usual, it's the usual suspects. There's no yeah. doubt about it. You know, the, the thing that I think is um, unique about baseball, and then we'll move on to NBA, is you're right. I think there's only a handful of teams that can win the World Series. But I think unlike college football, they do it vastly different. Tampa does it with great drafting, great player personnel. Atlanta's probably a mid-market, 10 to 15 payroll, but they have a really good GM that puts pieces together. Um, And then you have the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants, even to some level that they are able to go out and get just elite level talent that everybody else can't afford. So um, there's, there's also there in baseball quickly. There's also less incentive in baseball. Everybody's making money. Look at the pirates. They have one of the lowest payrolls. They were like, they made a ton of money last year. You know, they have a brand, they got a stadium at the right time. Um, they, it's just general baseball, you know, revenue sharing. And yeah, they make bank. So why yep. change it up well, and spend money on different dudes? I mean, the fans don't seem to care that much, but uh, that's an outlier. Let's still go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess what shocked me today is looking up for this topic, and I was like, "Oh, I've looked on Sports Center. I'm like, oh, the Reds must be the worst team in baseball by a lot." And I'm like, "No, they're not." I'm like, "God, how many bad teams are there in baseball? Like, there's a lot." There's like the fact that the A's, Royals, the Cubs, the Cubs, the, one say, the Cubs have all the resources in the world, and they chose yeah. to break up that team to rebuild. They, um, yeah. they chose for this path, and it's a long rebuild. Uh, it's it's going to take a while. Yep. All right, guys, great topic. We don't touch on baseball a lot, but that was a great topic. Let's move on to the NBA Finals. And let me tell you, you know, everybody knows that watches this. Not the biggest NBA fan. I have, after saying I would not be involved in the Finals, I have watched every single minute of the Finals. Hmm. After game three, uh, and I think I even said it on the group text, it's over. The Celtics are going to be world champions. Boy, (laughs) did the Warriors – kind of proved me wrong. Shane, the Warriors are really in control of their destiny now. They are. Well, when you get Steph Curry having a career game, 42 points, seven threes, 10 rebounds, 
Um, I know he's going to get his, but man, what he just went off game three. So um, it's a tough battle. I mean, they're both good defensive teams. And when the Celtics can't hit threes and keep up with the Warriors, that's when they lose. And their turnovers. When they turn the ball over, like uh, last game, they had nine turnovers in the first half or first quarter or something. Something stupid like that. It was crazy. It was like, this game is over. Like, there's no chance they're going to win the game. Uh, but the key to the Celtics, I know everyone, you know, Jason Tatum, he's going he's to get his, but is Marcus Smart. Um, great defender. Uh, when that guy is over 20 points, Celtics can win the game. When he's hitting threes, Celtics can win the game. Um, and Al Horford. Grant Williams, Tennessee boy, steps in. Uh, he's just a big brute out there. Reminds me of Dennis Rodman. He could, he's the only one that can kind of battle Draymond Green uh, with their intensity and antagonistic style. Uh, they both get after each other. We've seen that. And, man, it's it's been a fun series to watch. It really has. And I, I've enjoyed every minute. On the money-making, if you had to take Grant Williams' point profile, every single game he's hit it. So – just for the record, Grant Williams' point and assist profiles have been hit every one. Robbie, game four and five, uh, just domination by the Warriors. I mean, I don't know that there was a point in four and five where I really felt like the Celtics were in the game. Yeah, so this series, probably more than any, has just been conflicting for me emotionally. Like, grew up a Lakers fan – Magic, then Kobe. So I, as you have to, you hate the Celtics. But then one of my favorite athletes ever, Grant Williams, now plays for the Celtics. But I still, it's just, it's, it's, I can't get there. I can't root for the Celtics. Um, And so, but um, as far as basketball wise, yeah, I mean, look, the Celtics, went nuts from three in game one or this series is already over. Um, I just don't think the Celtics have enough firepower to win two games. They got the home game. They may squeak out, but game seven in, in San Francisco, I don't think they have it. Golden State's lost some big games at home before though, but I just think this is, and I'm not even sure Curry is the MVP right now, but I don't think he's going to let them lose at home on game seven. I, when the series started, I said Warriors in six. Still like it, but I'm very confident Warriors win the whole series. All right, Swami. Throw us a stat out there that's going to impress us all. Uh well, Curry is averaging over 30, like 30.6 per game, which is insane. You know, he went 0 for 9 from 3 last game, and they won. That's the crazy thing. That is. Pri- uh, that to me, is I had his, his – it was 5. And I took the, the, the over or under on the threes. And- yeah, but you look, at the, you look at the Celtics turnovers in relation to that. Uh, yeah. They had like 15 or 18 turnovers. Yeah. But usually, you know, for the argument that – no, absolutely. 
they, uh, you know, sometimes when Curry's missing their long rebounds, they're, they're pushing the ball up, they're forcing it. Uh, yeah, they need to play their game. Uh, but back to Randall, yeah, he had made 25 threes through the first four games. I mean, that's over six plus per game. Uh, when they won with him shooting over nine, Chain, you're right. But I was just like, whoa, if, if they can do that without Steph, I mean, what does that say to Boston? Uh, you know, it looked like I was with you. Their defense, you know, the thing with Curry is the pick and roll. And true to form, he's so savvy. He's just mixed things up. And Boston barely runs any pick and rolls. But, um, you, you know, even if Curry's not making shots, he's affecting the game. There's no doubt about that. Sure. So even though I loathe Golden State and loathe Boston like Rob, um, you know, I, I'm not a big – 50-foot shot guy, but, you know, Golden State last game proved that they're not always like that. Roz, do you remember the first the first Kobe Pierce Celtics Lakers finals whenever Doc just outcoached Jackson on the pick and roll, and it was just like, do something different on defense, and they wouldn't do it. And yeah. the Celtics won, and that's what this feels like to me is – Boston's well, like playing our defense, but it's not working. No, it, it actually did. They did shut down Curry the last game. They made a big change on Curry. They they rushed him a lot. They didn't let him get off the pick and roll. So that was a big difference. The problem there was the turnovers, and they couldn't hit shots. Uh, but if you go back to game one, when Curry was hot from the three-point line, when Curry gets on fire like that, the Celtics have to be on fire. I mean, they made, what, 15 threes that game in one game. So the potential is there for them to do it, um, you know, but when Curry's hitting that many threes, they've got to hit threes and they've got to control the ball. They cannot turn it over. That's their biggest emphasis right now. And their bench has been better, you know, with Jordan Poole coming up through the ranks. Last game, mm-hmm. Gary Payton is healthy again. He played amazingly. And usually you talk about Boston's bench, but uh, Golden State, you know, somebody's going to step up and beat you pretty much every given night. So I was pulling for Boston, you know, please forgive me Laker gods, but I'd be very, very surprised if Golden State did not win. I'm saying seven, but uh, I think the line for tomorrow is uh, Boston yeah. four point three, three and a half, four point favorite, which is, whoa. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe next week, when after the the finals is over, maybe we can talk about what does this say about Kevin Garn or Kevin Durant? He's not and there. Big scheme of things in the whole NBA. Team He's player, not him. Yeah. not him. Good point. Good point. I want to get a quick survey around the table. Game six. Start with Robbie Davis, or if it's your bet your nuts, you can decline till your bet your nuts. Game six, Robbie. Um, I think Golden State closes it out. I don't think Boston has the energy to come game six and game seven. I think mentally they're done. Golden State wins. Mr. NBA, Brandon Jane. I'll decline till bet you nuts. Oh, nice. Raj <laughs> Meta. I uh... – Again, I think Golden State's the better team. Rob and I both have an element of conspiracy theorem within us. And uh, 
You're both the NBA. Oh, yeah, very true. The NBA loves nothing more than game sevens of the finals in Boston, Golden State. That would go off. You'd like to think Boston will figure something out defensively. So I, I'm going to take the Celtics, but Golden and, State in seven. And speaking of, good God, these games are so spread out. Can we yeah. please get a more condensed? Just get it over with. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, uh, that's, that's my well, they're going to go up, up to if it's 1 seven, it's go up against Sunday against the U.S. Open. Like, I should – you know what? You I'm should. This, you should this be the commissioner. quitting my job and just being a sports calendar director for all the leagues. Robbie, with my legal issues, I don't know if you'd be wise you to <laughs> leave your job at any point. <laughs> but, but, yes uh, – it is baffling, though. We always talk about scheduling, especially versus the NFL. You know, these games are ending at, at 1 a.m. Now, growing up on the West Coast, being a Laker fan, I watched every finals game religiously. And even when it ended after 10 o'clock West Coast time, I'd be, like, exhausted the next day. I mean, if you're a kid that loves basketball and all these kids love curry, you're staying up till 1 a.m. in the middle of the week. Now, I know it's, like, summer or whatnot, but still, that's yeah. insane, man. These games are taking four hours. It's not like they're scoring, you know, 150 to 150. It's just yeah. been kind of ugly and really long. I'll take the Celtics to get it to game seven, but I don't – in my heart, I want – you know, I'm an Atlanta fan, but my dad the my dad didn't care about Tennessee, didn't care about the Braves, but he loved the Boston Celtics. I lost my dad a few years ago, and it's one of the good memories of my life is watching – my dad, who cared nothing about sports, would watch the Boston Celtics. So, but I don't see how they they put it together for Game Six and Seven. I think I think you're all right. I think the the Warriors win it on the West Coast. By the way, the Braves are about to go to 13 in a row. Ricky Spencer Strider gets his third starts in the major leagues. Go five and a third with 11 strikeouts. Get 16 outs. 11 of them is on strikeout, so. Tomato, tomato, but is it 13 or 14? Like, I, thought, I think it's 14 with this I think one. this would be 14. Yeah. yeah. You can't ask Randall to do math. Yeah, hey, I just got a math degree. You can't ask. I dogged on him earlier. Either, uh, or pronounce words. Uh, sorry. So, and Rick, uh, Michael Harris, two for four tonight. God. Hey, the yeah. Lightning scored two in the second to tie it up, 3-3. Three, three. Wow. And, you know, the Dodgers are 1-5 against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, uh, even though I was dogging on the Braves, you can only play the teams that, in fr- that are in front of you. They're winning, and they're winning. Everybody's heating up. So, more power to them, man. All credit to the Atlanta Braves in well, June. 10-10 tonight. My bet your nuts is going to involve your Los Angeles Dodgers. So, oh, so is mine. All right, guys, let's move on over to a subject that let's put a smile on Brandon Chazen's face right now. Let's just everybody focus on Brandon and watch his face light up. Let's talk PGA golf. Let's do it, baby. US, US Open. Open. Tease off tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. This show is becoming a, a lot more golf-centric and 
our numbers went up when we talked golf. So even though I, I said it was the dumbest thing we did, uh, we had good response to golf talk. So let's um, make sure we're including plenty of it. Let's talk a little bit about the course to start with, Shane. Um, of course, it, it's it's a legendary course as all U.S. Opens are. It's Brookline. Uh, up on the Atlantic, everybody talks about the courses that are on the Pacific Ocean, like Pebble Beach and stuff. But Brookline, you get a little Atlantic action going. The wind's whipping in off of the ocean. It's a beautiful course, man. It's going to make for a great open. It is. Firm fairways, fast greens, and thick rough. I mean, what else could you ask for for a U.S. Open? Uh, I mean, you you drop into the rough anywhere out of the fairway. I mean, it's four to six inches deep. And you're lucky to even see your ball. So it's, um, it's going to be challenging. Uh, short game's going to come into play a lot here. Um, uh, putting as usual. Uh, but short game, really, if if you miss off the fairway and you get into that rough, it's going to be pretty punishing. Yeah. Robbie, do you look at, you know, and I watched the Open. Is the, and I'll give you time, you, you can go ahead and talk about the tournament a little bit, but is the controversy with uh, the live, the 54 or whatever, is it hanging over the U.S. Open right now? You know, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what people care about. Um, obviously, it's in Massachusetts, so it's going to be a liberal crowd of home crowd if they even go to it. But mainly, like, most of these people give away their tickets. They have them anyways. I know I went to, you know, uh, as the three of us, we all lived in San Diego or Southern California for a long time, and Torrey Pines was often a – U.S. Open destination. Um, I never went. Most people knew gave away their tickets. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think there's going to be some media presence about it. But honestly, I don't think ESPN, CBS, people really want that to focus. They want on the focus on the tournament. Um, the tournament myself, itself, um, it's my favorite golf tournament of the year every year. I love the U.S. Open, like there's something special about them making the golf course so, so hard on these guys. And these guys being – I mean, it's like seeing like Usain Bolt, be like, hey, yeah, we're going to let you run in sand. Like it's just it's just fascinating to see as good as they are watching them struggle some. So it's, it's by far my favorite. And um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think – well, so there's no NASCAR this weekend, so I'll, be, I'll have full attention on this on Sunday. Um, so uh, I'll put my bet your nuts onto that on who I think will win. But, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a fantastic course. It's uh, – I don't know. I think it's still it, – the heat wave hasn't got that far up, so it should be a great weekend for golf. It's going to be windy. They say wind may play a factor, which – whoa. Yeah. It's on the ocean. <laughs> that be interesting. There's always a wind. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's right there. Rog, you and I, I, I guess, are a little bit of different sports fans. I feel like you and I are more more to just general sports overview and 
and, and golf may not be our specialty, but I still get into these tournaments. Uh, full admission, even though I've, I, I will watch on Sunday if it's close. I'm not mm-hmm. one that watches and, you know, I don't have the skill set to observe and learn anything and critique. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's interesting. It seems like golf has a nice young base right now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids coming up. I saw that Cantlay kid was uh, – people thought he's going to do well. Davis Riley. Uh, you know, I do do like reading about golf better than I like watching. I don't know why that is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it still needs a hero. There's no doubt about that. Uh, then again, after Tiger Woods, you know, it's kind of impossible to fill those shoes. But uh, what I'm saying in terms of needing a hero is the casual sports fan like us. What is going to get us to watch golf? Uh, and this is the U.S. Open. I mean, is this the Super Bowl of golf, more or less? Uh, or no, the Masters is, sorry. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, what does it take to get you watching on, uh, on Sunday? You know, it, it, it takes a lot for me. I, 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 my favorite tournament is the British, then the Masters, then U.S. Open. But that's, I think because I'm not a golfer, I just like seeing different courses that I will never see in person. And, and when it, it, it is a different kind of golf at the British Open. You see golfers you've never heard of or I've heard of. But there is an element of this that's a little bit different, Brandon. Anybody can get into U.S. Open through the qualifying, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, you go through the ranks and you qualify, you can, you can get a pass in. Ten uh, Cup. It, it's a great tournament. It really is. It's, um, you know, one of the best majors we have here. Uh, I would – it's a close second to the Masters. That is by far the Super Bowl in my eyes. Um, but again, like you guys said, for the casual golf fan, it's you know absent of Tiger, it's hard to kind of get into it and, and see this this big you know media frenzy or whatever to clickbait. Uh, and and that's what I think Live Golf is trying to do, and, and they're trying to create this clickbait. And that you're seeing a lot of these questions asked, you know, in the the media with the guys playing the U.S. Open and, and they're tired. They're like, I'm just trying to focus on the U.S. Open right now. Um, I don't care about the live golf. And, and that's all that every question came up to every golfer about live golf, live golf. You know, what would you do? What would you do? Have you considered it? And it's, it's become quite the clickbait. Uh, and, you know, I, I like the format, but it's it's not like real golf. It, it's so it's questionable. I mean, I mean, it's like a. I think Stricker put it best. He said it. It's almost like having a member guest weekend. You know, you, you know, it's like a, it's a fun fun tournament, but it's not like real golf. So it's. Um, I'm indifferent right now. We'll we'll see what happens with that, but. US it's a storyline, though. Well, it's you know, t- we're yeah. talking more about golf, and there's no such thing as bad publicity. You, you know, I'm I'm more curious to see what happens after oh, uh, so live. So yeah, I mean, we are talking more about golf in general, not you know, you guys per se, but 
uh it it's kind of cool man i i want to see uh no and I, unfolds i'm a huge golf fan and i i'm the same way i'm like i said i'm indifferent about it right now I'm, I'm anxious to see how it plays out with the the whole live golf tour um unfortunate it, that you know the pga put the sanctions on and all that which i get the the morality side of it but here's the other thing the question that i ask myself it's like our United States government does business with Saudi Arabia or the Saudis all day long and nobody bats an eye. But as soon as a, you know, different tour or something comes in now, it's like completely shunned by the PGA. So that's kind of my take on it. Like why, why is it okay? And nobody cares when, you know, U S is making money or doing deals. And then, yeah, I don't know just a food for thought there some good food for thought robbie davis i want to ask you something and rog already stole the thunder a little bit but art is the pga doing a better job with marketing this young golfers and i mean I, i'm about to talk about one that i'm a truly a big fan of but are are, are they more familiar faces for us to start pulling now that tiger is gone um, yeah, so, I mean, the way I look at this, these kind of things and to touch on, and I didn't hear everyone's complete answer, I apologize, I had to step out, but, um, an analogy to me is like, um, the live tournament right now is like a seven on seven drill compared to college football. Like it's different. It's, it it's exciting, but it's not real football. Um, and, and, and so I, I talked to, well, I mean, to go into Brandon's point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that are hypocrites right now being like, you know, and like, I, I do not condone anything, any, the Saudi Arabia government does. Um, however, you can't be ignorant to the fact that the United States does do business with them. Um, and so it's almost like that. Uh, you know, deal the devil. But at the same time, I look, I think to answer your question, I think the uh, PGA is doing a better job. And I still think the open and like these majors are still going to be your normal drivers. Like this weekend, they said it was just a successful tour uh, on CBS. It draw drew 2.8 million people on Sunday with Rory and Justin Thomas and Tony Finau in the final pairing in a close tournament. I didn't watch. I don't know many people that watch, but yeah, I mean, but that's still going to draw more than the live tour. Like it, there's going to be a life after Tiger and Phil um, that's going to come down some, but the NBA came down some after Jordan also, but then, it, then you just got to keep building and building your brands. Good point. Very good point. Very good point. Now, I'm going to talk to Raj, and I want to come around. Uh, last thing on the U.S. Open, uh, you can give me up to three golfers, but I want one of the front runners and one of a sleeper from everyone going into the tournament. Raj, you said it earlier, Davis Riley, one of the young guns of golf, uh, someone that I – 
and I know he's an Alabama graduate, so don't everybody kill me. But I don't know something about every now and then you turn on the channel and you go, hey, I like this guy. I turned on the channel. I like the way he played and seemed like a real guy. And all of a sudden I'm like, eh, I'm following Davis Riley everywhere on the course. And, you know, I've always been a Tiger guy. I've always been – I was a Jack guy before Tiger. It's fun to have a rooting interest, even if it's with somebody. You know, I think Davis Riley got a chance to win this tournament. But – He's got a real chance to top 10. Uh, is, do you have anybody that you root for? Uh, not necessarily root for. Now, to be clear, you know, have a group of like eight of us from college. Now all we can do is golf. And everybody else loves it. Now I enjoy it. And I like golfing. And I can look at a shot. And like you, seeing it at a different course like Brookline, I know I love this stuff when it's a really tough course where short game matters, where the greens are fast. Uh, being said, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I'm thinking Rory is the guy that I think satisfies all of those uh, things that I just discussed. Um, I don't have anybody in particular I pull for, no. I mean, uh, sometimes I like the big hitters, uh, like a man who left for uh, Tyson, Tyson, right? Uh, yes. Who left for Liv. Uh, but there's no one in particular that I really, really like to watch. It's just I can sit and watch the highlights and be like, damn, that guy was good. But, yeah, no one in particular. Yeah. All right. We're kind of we're kind of the same, but for some reason I've just latched on to Davis Raleigh. We'll start with – we'll go counterclockwise here because – Shane and Robbie actually know a little bit of golf, and I'll give mine to start with. Uh, and, and nobody can steal. I'm going to give you Davis Riley, and and he, I'm not sure he may not make my bet your nuts still, because uh, I really think there's an, there's a top ten out there. I think he has a chance to top ten this very easily. Uh, I also, I like. And, and this is all from reading like awesome O and DFS stuff. And I read several places that this course sets up great for Matt Fitzpatrick. So I'll give you Matt Fitzpatrick, but the number one person that I, I read and the number one person in uh, probably the 10 articles that I read that they kept saying, this is, this is your pick this weekend. This is your pick. This is your pick was Justin Thomas. So that's going to be my three guys. I give you Justin Thomas, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Davis Riley. You got anything for us, Rog? And then we'll get to the two guys that actually know something. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can take the best odds, too, and Justin Thomas. I'll go with Rory, uh, Cam Smith, and Kepka. Okay. Robbie Davis, the money-making machine. We, I was so, so, so convinced last week that you were going to get the NASCAR race right. I actually had bets on three different drivers and none of them won. So let's hope you do better in golf. <laughs> yeah. So three drivers. I, I gave you three drivers. I'll be the first to admit I have not got a handle on this next gen race car yet. I, uh, I've got one right this year, Ryan Blaney. 
Um, but then other than that, I've struck out. So well, my three golfers, of your picks uh, are Kyle Larson. Yeah, when in doubt, blame it on the car. Good call. Sorry, go ahead, bro. <laughs> a favorite, a middle of the road, and a long shot. So this actually, as people that gamble on a little bit of everything, and especially NASCAR every week, these are kind of like NASCAR odds, but a little less predictable. So if you're, if the front of the pack has a 10 to 1 odds, you bet the 10 to 1. So I'll take Rory as the favorite. Um, middle of the road, I'm taking Tony Fanu at um, 34 to 1. Yeah. So I like him. And then my long shot is chaos for the PGA, or for, for golf, is Phil Mickelson at 220 to 1. Oh, wow. I'm going to put just a little bit of chatter on him to uh, see what happens. Because if he wins this after playing in Saudi, <laughs> would be good for golf. It, it would. I would enjoy that greatly. Shane, I have my DraftKings team out. I'm going to make changes according to what you say. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I'm a big Justin Thomas fan. Um, I'm not going to go there, even though I am rooting for him. Um, my probably number one to win it would be Cameron Smith. Uh, my kind of middle pick would be Will Zalatoris. And my long, 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 long shot, I'm going to go with Luke List. What's his name hey, again? I'm writing it down. Red. Luke, Luke who? List. Luke List. List. Got Luke it. Luke List was a boarding student with me at Baylor. And he, oh, he shows God. up on he shows up big in, in major, so I'm looking for forward to seeing he's, him. He's way, way more successful than I am. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a fan Zalatoris always plays well in the majors. Um his problem has been putting. His iron game and off the tee uh, short game is phenomenal. And Cam Smith is just all around. Um, he's one of the hot young players uh, from Australia that is just on fire. And this dude, he can make it from anywhere. So, um, uh, you know, just going against the favorite, Justin Thomas, who, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to definitely put money on him as well. But uh, Cam Smith is a, is a big favorite of mine. What you about Morikawa real quick? Yeah, Morikawa. You know, we did. I like him. He's just, I don't think he's in the right place in his game right now uh, to win a major. He's, he came out hot last year uh, and won two, I think. Um, He's just kind of fallen off. uh, Can't make putts. His iron game is usually best on tour and has not been been there this year. So, you know, we didn't have. A lot of show when football season's going. Sometimes we have to talk about it a little more. And this was a great show, guys. You brought a lot to the table. And we have finally fit Rod's cheer cheer into his role. Everyone, please meet Swami Mata. Mata. You call me Swami. You can call me whatever the hell you want with the last name. I don't care. That's a sweet nickname. Uh, Although, 
largely inaccurate. All right, guys. We have. Bet you nuts, right? You bet you nuts. nuts. And I'm going to go first because I'm going to take the Dodgers and Tyler Anderson tonight. Money line, I mean, not money line, run line to win. Give me the Dodgers over the Angels, run line, win. Hey, I'm going to be on the same game, so I'm taking the under on eight and a half on that. Neither team has been hitting the ball at all. So Dodgers, Angels, I'm taking the under eight and a half. There you go. It's rare we're on the same game. <laughs> Robbie Davis without NASCAR. It's kind of like, you know, Telly Savalas without a lollipop. <laughs> like they're googling. Uh, I'm sad. I'm, I'm I'm sad. I'm missing the Nashville race next weekend. I'm gonna be out of town. Um, but um, no. So my my bets real time. I need you guys to go on bet money line Tampa wins tonight. It's three three in the second period. Second wow period came back. Uh, Minus minus one oh five um money line bet on the bet on the lightning. My obligatory ten dollars. Like, right, like, I don't know why you guys don't have your phone off betting on the I lightning right did. now. Like I just got right now. on the lightning just then. Hey. Uh Lance are uh, kinda like uh Tennessee baseball, by the way. But sorry, go ahead. So my bet you're nuts is the Celtics minus three and a half. Oh, nice. It's going to happen. And a little caveat over 210 and a half. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, there's no chance that they don't take it to game seven. And I actually, a future bet your nuts, if you will, after we witness this, the Celtics are going to win this. Wow. Celtics are gonna win it. I'm telling you. I hope you're right. When, so right. so just just out of curiosity, when is game seven to be determined? The schedule it's probably over. like two weeks after tomorrow. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it's Sunday. Sunday at going on vacation. Oh, yeah. I guess US Open. Great, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect. Well, it's after the US Open. US Open will be over by six, five. It does get yeah, dark until eight here. Yeah, it'll be over about five or six. So you next never watch it off. That's that's good scheduling right there. No, it's I'm not. Going, I'm going to be on vacation the, next week. The Sunday field of sports. That's the only thing we got to watch. NASCAR is good scheduling. They said we're not playing racing this Sunday. We're gonna race the next Sunday. There's nothing else on. Yeah, because the U.S. Open and the NBA Finals game seven. That's why they're not right. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I'm saying NASCAR's smart by saying we're going to move it. How many other baseball teams are playing on Sunday? All of them. All of them, but no one's going to watch you. But it's exactly look what month it is. It's old white guy, man. NASCAR's smart, man. The biggest demographic from NASCAR and golf are old white dude. An old white dude's going to be watching the U.S. Open on Father's Day. So, yeah. to their credit, man, they are not going to go head-to-head. That's right. speculation. I have no idea what the reasoning that's is. That's almost but... reckless speculation. No, I think that's accurate speculation. Just an old white guy. We should have ended it on that. Yeah, that is reckless speculation. I'm going against you. I'm betting the avalanche, by the way. 
What's All wrong right, with you? You uh, need free money? <laughs> I'm kidding. I bet. I bet Tampa Bay. You're a I will be on vacation. In honor of him being the fantasy commissioner, next week your host of Reckless Speculation will be Robbie Davis. And hey, um, and I will be coming live. We I haven't confirmed a sponsorship yet. Probably not going to sponsor us, but maybe, hopefully. But we'll be coming live from uh, Harris at Cherokee on Wednesday night. And so oh. um, I'll either be down the dumps or just rolling in money for our show. Yeah, this could be interesting. I might be at Harris on Wednesday night, too. Are you using a Cherokee? No, it's a, yes, it's a uh, camera holder or a selfie stick. But my back's itching, so I was getting back there. Why is there anybody going to Harris on a Wednesday? Is there oh, something going on? Is hard for the week, and and I'm going to get social security check in. Yes, <laughs> go put it in the slot machine. I, I take Taylor, it. Taylor Smith playing. I'm taking two teenage girls to Gatlinburg by Wednesday. I think I'm going to wish a break. So <laughs> I, you're I, a good I'm dad. I'm just there for the free money. Yeah, I'm just after about three days with teenage girls. I think I'll just want to get out of the hotel room and go somewhere. But <laughs> doesn't everybody go to the casino during the on a Wednesday? It's home yeah, day, guys. That's, that's right now. Uh, you always go during the day when the locals are there. It's all you need yeah. is some sucko <laughs> tourist sitting at third base, jacking up your hand. It's the worst. <laughs> for the we gotta get out there. <laughs> and for Robbie Davis and Brandon Jane and the fat Randall Cunningham with the back scratcher. Good night. God bless. And we'll see you with some reckless speculation next week. Go lightning. I got money on 